have a gun you can think of. It's so like, you start off like handguns, move your way up. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. They don't. They don't really do too much handguns. They're just standard, you know, like you know the Berettas and shit. So you were in the navy for four years. How like did it just fly by? Was it just like holy shit? I'm already about to be out. Well, yes and no. To be honest, um, honestly. That was probably the longest fucking time period of my life. Hmm. That shit was fucking forever long. It it seemed I just did so much in that short period of time that it seemed like a lifetime in the four years, bro. Like it, it, honestly, it was a cool experience. I really enjoyed it. There was a lot of bad to it though. A lot of bad, and I didn't like the direction where it went. Yeah. If if I wasn't as limited as I was, I probably would have kept going because. You know, I was good at what I did. They encouraged, they did encourage everything I wanted to do. The only thing is they didn't, they couldn't control my schedule and let me do that. You know what I mean? They wouldn't let me flourish. They didn't give you freedom, basically. Yeah, they, you know, some people have it in the military, right? Some people get lucky enough. It's either you have it or you don't. That's freedom just Freedom of your schedule? Yeah, freedom of your schedule, pretty much. Um, I had the job where it was most likely that's, that's kind of, uh, I set myself up to be that way. Um, most of the people in my position were that way. Um, however, I just got fucked. Just because um, I was one of those people that, you know, I was, I was kind of obsessive with shit. And, and um, I, I didn't just, I gave a fuck. I wanted to do a little bit more, right? I compete with myself, so I just kept going and competing with myself. And then I ended up being in these top positions and it just fucked me. Because <laughs> your schedule was so filled? Yeah, it literally <laughs> fucked me. Fucked me because I was doing more than everybody else. It was trash. So, um, you're kind of like me, bro. You have a, do you have like an addictive personality, would you say? Uh, I can't say addictive. I, I would say obsessive. There, there's a difference. Um, that's a good point. Obsessive is different than addictive. Addictive is so basically saying, you know, I, I have, I can't stop. You know what I mean? Like, I can't stop. That's, wow. that's pretty much what it is. That's, um, that's a really good point. Um, obsessive, I can stop. But it's a choice. I choose not to. It's, it's just a competitive nature. That, that's, uh, that's probably the biggest part of uh, just, just growing up. This uh, that competitive side that was instilled in me. I mean, I mean, both my parents, you know, they were, they were like super athletes. You know what I mean? My mom was a track star, and fucking, my uh, my real father, he was, he was like a, was he? He was, he was like a strong man. I don't know much about him, but he was, he was always, yeah, he was a power lifter. Bro, speaking of strong man, you are a fucking beast, bro. <laughs> Like the your body percentage, like or your body weight compared to like how much you push, like yeah. in the weight room, is unreal. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm one of those hard gainers, you know. Yeah. The it takes a lot for me to pick up the weight, um, and I think that's that's another thing that that really got me to uh, my mindset right now, especially with going through this shit. It it, it really really fucks you up, man. You. <laughs> I was so obsessed. I needed it. I needed an outlet, right? Especially with the military. I always worked out, but I've never needed one more than that. That was the only thing that got me through that whole time period. The workout, like saying, yeah. So I would just be so obsessive with it and try and take it to the next level. 
and I just want to be the strongest fucking dude possible. Just, just cause I just want to push my limits, and I think pushing my limits that way really helped me not be scared of my failures. You know, cause there's times you know I'm I'm dropping 395 on my chest, and yeah. <laughs> I have no spotter. I'm maxing out. Like, you know, no one's there to help me. And but was I scared? No, I I still went through that shit. You're just gonna do it. That's fucking scary though. When you drop in 395 and you, you fucking, no you're, like, oh, you're fucking stuck. You're looking around. No one's helping you. <laughs> you're like, this is gonna crush my chest. I'm fucking 190 pounds. You know, what I mean? yep. it's like what the fuck? That's twice your weight. You're yeah. sitting on your chest. It's insane. But those those dumb moments like that, it it really fucking guided me. It's just crazy. It's the fact that you're willing to put yourself in that position too. Like you're willing to like, okay, this might go horribly wrong, mm-hmm. but I want to do this so mm-hmm. bad too. And honestly, my my best my best decision making like ever, right? Because in Virginia, man, I was making money, like a lot of money outside of the military. Because military didn't pay me shit, and I don't know what it was. I didn't make one bad decision whatsoever. I mean, you know, they weren't the best decisions, but. I wouldn't say they were bad. And I think it went hand in hand. It was just my confidence level. I was peaking so high. You know, confidence was... I was so fucking cocky. I was just cocky as fuck. Nothing I could do was wrong. And I truly believe that shit. And every every path I took fucking went went my way. It was crazy. And that I know for a fact that shit went hand in hand. I was thinking clearly. I was not scared of anything, and and you know nobody could stop me. Fearless. That's huge. Yeah. Fe- huge. Yeah. The person with the least amount of fear in the room, man. That's that's the most dangerous. Yep. You know what I mean? And that the confidence. Uh, that's. I think that's one thing that entrepreneurs, um, business people need to have. Mm-hmm. That confidence, and I I never really realized my confidence level. I never really. Uh, embraced it mm-hmm. I always felt like I could do anything and I felt like I can compete with anybody you know and I felt like if you're way better than me it's only a matter of time mm-hmm. uh, until we're equal or until we're, we're competing together but like that confidence is huge you have to believe in yourself and whatever you're gonna do like I'll never understand somebody who doesn't have confidence like you don't if you don't believe that you can do it or if you don't believe you can compete then you're not going to mm-hmm. So a guy like you and a guy like me who feels like I can do anything, like I'm I'm going to purchase Chase Tower downtown Phoenix for about $100 million, maybe $120 million. I looked at the price too. Yeah, it's, it, and it's about $100 million, <laughs> That's right? what it was about for $111 yeah. million. Yeah. So I, like, there's no doubt in my mind that I can do it. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of am I going to put in the work, you know? And, it, and uh, I wouldn't say that I'm cocky a lot of people have like a negative connotation of cocky but that confidence of knowing that you have what it takes is critical because if you don't feel like you know that you have what it takes of course you don't have what it takes you don't even think that you have what it takes so how are you going to show that you have what it takes exactly so if you're listening right now whatever you want to do you just have to know that you have what it takes and then go show it but if you double like if you double think it or if you question yourself you already lost. There has to be no doubt in your mind that you're gonna buy Chase Tower downtown, or that you're going to go out and have that successful business, or that you're going to go out and make the NFL. 
there has to be one, no doubt in your mind, then you've got to put in the work. So Primo, again, Primo Chino, best coffee I've ever had. And I can say that pretty honestly, that it's some of the best coffee I've ever had. You compete with Dutch Bros. I, I drink my coffee black, black, usually iced. I love Primo Chino coffee. Um, how did you go from zero to one, if you know what I mean? Like at one point zero is when you were not started at all. Maybe you had an idea. What were some of the first steps you took? to get started so first steps man you know it, everything generated from a, an idea obviously right and um, I think the first major step to anything well at least according to me right the first step I took was to surround myself with that environment that was the number one thing I did that was how I learned I started reaching out to you know other coffee shop owners I just started going to different coffee shops in general then I started looking at these coffee trucks I started following where they were going and just kind of watching what they were doing reaching out to them maybe someone could help mentor me or kind of guide me in a direction or teach me um, I had no luck there um, so I kind of got stuck by myself but you know once again that didn't stop me um, and then I started going to the food truck events and that was the biggest change for me because, you know, it's not necessarily about making making coffee, right? Coffee is, is my specialty and that's, that's what I'm about. But it's about everything else. How, how you produce your product is, is you know, it, it's one focus point on your business. But it's, it's the environment. If you don't understand the environment, I mean, you're not going to flourish. You're not gonna learn anything. You know, there's there's people out there for a reason. They're already doing it. Why not learn from them? So my first step is I I started going to Food Truck Fridays. That was the first event I started going to. Right? They had they had them every Friday and they would have them in every city at different locations. So try to try to step back and how did you first come across Food Truck Friday? How'd you hear about it? Did you like look it up on Google? Did a friend tell you about it and you went and checked it out? How'd you first hear about Food Truck Fridays? Well, I, I've heard about it from a couple different people and um, the, the first, you know, Google's, Google's my best friend. With, with Google, you can learn anything. So I just started Googling you know, food truck events, where to find food trucks, and and everything was pointing me to, you know, these events, and Food Truck Friday was the biggest thing. Um, you know, there's one in every city, but I was, you know, I was skeptical on which one to go to, you know, just, just kind of seeing what was kind of closer to what I was going for from my, from my angle, right? And, um, and then, you know, just reaching out to other people, they told me to go check out, um, uh, it was actually one of uh, one of my good friends. He um, he's been going to these food truck events, you know, forever, and I had no idea. You know, <laughs> if you're not in the know, you know, you're not, you're not in the know. I grew up, and these these events been going down for you know 20 plus years, and I've never heard about it until I moved back from Virginia. You know, so um, I started going to the events out. Um, on the west side, so I think it was at that Sam's Club off of 91st and Union Hills, and in the parking lot, and the park in the Sam's Club parking lot, 
and that's kind of what got me started i started seeing the coffee trucks and and then once you start talking to the people and networking trying the different foods and talking to the the people there i mean i i think personally that's no for no matter what business you you plan on entering or you know if you have an idea regardless what it is consulting or anything i really think that those are one of the best places to network because you get one you're surrounded by a bunch of business owners everybody there it's so personalized right you're you're literally in a circle and all the people running that circle and each truck they're all business owners they all started from nothing and they've all grew in a different path so no matter what kind of business you are you're thinking about attending or, or not attending but you know starting up or or being involved in you know it's always nice to get a background of uh, of where people have came from but anyways i kind of got off topic there <laughs> <laughs> um yeah these i i don't drink very often but <laughs> you know he, he's I mean? on his first beer he's about uh three sips in by the way <laughs> i'm i am buzzed out of my life no nah. yeah these heineken's are pretty strong no nah, like i'm yeah, a i'm a strong. i'm a pretty uh cat or usual drinker i'm on my second heineken and i definitely can't feel my face (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding all right so primo one thing that we're talking about earlier is what's really neat about um this podcast is is we like to talk about business a lot now everyone knows grant cardone they know gary v they know tony robbins and then they know guys like ah, fuck what's the guy's name from shark tank uh, Cuban, Mark Cuban. Yeah. We know all these guys who have made it and you listen to them and you hear what they have to say. But what's cool about this is me and you are going through the fucking mud, you know? Mm-hmm. Me and you are eating shit, like Gary says, you know? We, we've been eating shit for over a year and we've just learned to embrace it, you know? Like, my life for the last year, a year and a half, I've only been, you know, an entrepreneur, I would consider myself entrepreneur for the last two years or so. It's been fucking difficult. I've never ridden a private jet. I've never made a million dollars, you know? I don't, I have one suit. Um, (laughs) But like most people, they think entrepreneur and they think extreme wealth and luxury and vacations. It's like the exact opposite, you know? Yes, yes. Especially at first. It's like, how am I going to scrape by this week? You know, it's like, how am I going to make it to Monday? I've got my fucking phone bill this week. How am I going to pay this phone bill? Yeah. And you just figure out a way. But the reason why we keep doing this entrepreneurial lifestyle is we love the freedom and we love the responsibility. We love the fact that it's up to us. Um, I, I'm sure you're like me. You would not be okay with going to work at nine getting home at five and doing that again every single day for 30 years just to retire to have to live on a really tight budget and then die watching fucking reruns on on judge judy oh yeah like that's not something we can do it's my nightmare exactly (laughs) exactly so we're out here putting in the work now because how old are you bro 23 right yes i am 23 years old you're 23 i'm 23 years old um in uh i never asked you this before but how many years ahead do you plan like how many years ahead do you like envision where you want to be so i have a bunch of different plans i have um so i have a plan by the time i'm 40 right what what's my uh my retirement right which is when i plan to retire like 
and really just not do anything. <laughs> really at 40? Yeah, 40. Nice. That, that's my plan, right? Dude, that would go nuts. I really want to, I mean, to me, you know, there's, there's people that, you know, are really optimistic and want to retire by 30, which is very possible. But to me, I feel like, especially because I got a child on the way, I, I want him to see me whoa, work. Whoa, whoa, you don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet. What if it's a, what if it's a girl? Huh? I said I don't want him to see me. <laughs> see me being lazy. Because one, one thing that that I appreciate growing up, my my father, he, he was an entrepreneur as well, right? He was in the car industry. He had his own business. I watched him through the struggle. And I don't think I would be anywhere close to the type of man I am right now or appreciate the the hard work that the goes grind. into something yeah the grind more than if I didn't experience that and I really appreciate it because when you're a kid you know you don't you don't realize that nope but you take all that shit with you right and now I'm putting it forth and if I didn't experience that like I don't think I would have done half the shit I've done. That's a great point, man, because your dad, small business entrepreneur type, my dad, small business exactly. entrepreneur type, and it's in our blood. Mm-hmm. It's just like what we breathe. My dad run <clears throat> ran a small landscaping business. He still does. Diamondback Landscape, the best landscape company in all of Arizona. Sure the all fuck Arizona. is. Look at this man's yard. You guys got to check out Joe Shover's yard. It so. is fucking insane. But this man... Every day at the crack of dawn, before the crack of dawn, honestly, he's up. He goes to work, he gets home late, and then he goes home, does more work, does his own paperwork. My, I, I learned my work ethic from that man. Uh, one thing I never understood is growing up, everyone told me I was like a hard worker. And I never really like understood what they meant. I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, I'm just doing what we're supposed to do. Now I look back and I realize the reason I was considered a hard worker is because I was raised to be that way. My dad was all grinded into me, you know. One thing he would say is you want to be your own boss, which is something I still remember to this day. You want to be your own boss. But you just see this man put in work and not complain. Exactly. And then you grow up and then you start to see things differently. And you see these people complaining about having to work. And then you see these people complaining that have to show up early. And you see these people showing up late consistently. And then you realize, okay, it's, I wouldn't say it's not normal, but like not everyone does what I do. Not everyone is willing to work for free to make mm-hmm. themselves better. Whereas I just seen the hard work from the time I was a kid. I seen my dad hustling. And like you said, when we're kids, we don't appreciate it. We just see exactly. it as normal. But now that we're older and we see how other people are, it's like, yo, I'm blessed because oh, I yeah. saw what hard work looks like. And, and that's engraved. That's our normal. That's our normal. You know what I mean? That was instilled from us at such a young age, right? I mean, granted, you know, not everyone gets that, that chance. So, yes, we are definitely blessed, right? And, you know, I'm blessed to be surrounded by those type of people as well. Yes, I had my father, but... I live two blocks away from Max Schober. Live two blocks away from Primo Calantro. Literally, my whole life. I fucking known him since I was first grade, you know. We were riding bikes and shit. Fucking, you know, go, go, doing all kinds of crazy Chasing shit. Chasing the same girls, yeah. doing all that good shit. Yeah, playing baseball, all that. And I, I was surrounded by Max's dad and my father, right? Max's dad, I'd always see him working. 
always and you could tell that's his passion because even when he came home and i'll go ride my bike over to max's house he was constantly working on his yard like all the good mood all the fucking time even till this day he still does it so what in in my perspective that man's winning you know he may be fucking working harder than a lot of people but to him he's happy really doesn't look like work when he's doing it same thing with my father right we would uh I'd go to school. I was in school, and even while I was in school, you know, he is probably, you know, might not be the best parenting to uh, some people, but even while I was in school, I would go to this man at the, with with him to the shop, right? We would be there from, you know, 10 p.m. to like three in the fucking morning, and I would be (laughs) sleeping in the car, and then he would take me to school. (laughs) <laughs> and we were just work. We were just working on cars the whole fucking time. That's that is the best parenting. Did, that did, is fantastic. <laughs> exactly. Parenting. This was this was my life for like my whole childhood until about high school, right? And it was insane. I loved every fucking second of it. And you know, watching them work. Those were probably those were probably one of the funnest times I've ever had. Right. Just watching them work and he. He was so passionate about it. He still is to this day, right? The, the only reason he had stopped was just because, you know, the car industry took a turn. And, you know, God forbid, not every business succeeds the whole time, right? But the fact that I was able to just experience that, that shit was amazing. I mean, he painted the, he painted most of the Phoenix Suns players' cars. He, Sean Marion, he painted his fucking Chevelle. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this was with all the titty posters on the wall. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> titty posters everywhere and everything. You know what I mean? Sean Marion coming down with his Chevelle all custom made, trying to nickel and dime my dad because because <laughs> my dad knows he's a multimillionaire. <laughs> crazy shit, crazy shit. That's but funny. it just shows that anything's possible. You know, he he came straight out of high school, started his own business straight out of high school. You know what I mean? He, he was in the paint paint store working. He, he knew exactly what he wanted to do, right? Not too many people know exactly what they want to do, but... It's hard to find out what you want to do. Yes. Extremely hard. I didn't... I, I still don't know what I want to do. Exactly. <laughs> but we're going. You yeah, know? We're exactly. On the path. We took a step. Exactly. You know, I had a meeting with a great guy today. Paul is one of the guys I work with, and his job is to help me, you know, set goals to the future, keep me accountable. And it really gets you to thinking, you know, like, what do you what do you want to do? I had answers for what I think I want to do, but, like, excuse me, I don't know who I'm going to be 10 years from now. I don't know who I'm going to be 20 years from now. But I set a goal of what I think today, and then I just start. I just start going. Now, I interview a lot of people. Um, I hire a lot of people. And one of the things I ask people is, what are your long-term goals? And you can tell right away who's thought about it and who hasn't. Some people, they, they, when you ask them, they go backwards in their chair. They look up <laughs> yes. and they're like, I don't know. I've never, never really thought about it. And that's going to happen. But you have to think into the future. Humans have the capability to do multiple things. They can look into the past and see where they made errors, where they had successes, um, things that they can change. They can see themselves in the future and what they're doing today. And most importantly, they can look into the future and see what kind of changes they have to make in order to get to where they want. Past, present, future. You live in the present, you learn from the past, 
and you adjust for the future whatever you want to do exactly. in the future you have to become you have to make those changes so 10 years sounds like a lot if you're my age and you're 23 and you've never thought about the future 10 years from now sounds like it's really fucking far away it sounds like it's a lifetime away but in reality you're gonna wake up one day and it's gonna be today and if you ask anybody who's older than you ask your dad ask your grandpa ask them did life go by fast they're gonna say fuck yeah it did it went by extremely fast and every year goes by faster so you've got to get prepared for that instead of living day by day and letting life beat you look 10 years ahead of time figure out where you want to be 10 years from now and beat life make sure that life gives you what you want instead of you being whatever life made you and at that point you're in control of the future so a guy like me i'm looking 30 years ahead I'm looking at, okay, I need $120 million to buy Chase Tower. What do I need to do today in order to make that happen? You're not going to know right off the bat, but once you get started, then you're on the right path. And getting started is the hardest part. Like Primo was talking about earlier, he started finding um, food truck events to go to. He started reaching out to people to find mentors. But the key thing that he said... The number one thing he said is he surrounded himself with the correct environment. A lot of you right now are settling. You're settling with your friends. You're settling with your spouse. You're settling with your job. You're settling with your lifestyle. You're settling with your health. You need to stop settling and you need to start chasing. You need to start becoming better every day. Primo mentioned this earlier when he was in the Navy. He just wanted to show that he was better. He wanted to improve himself every day. That is so critical because he was growing constantly. He was becoming better. And with growth comes happiness. With growth comes happiness. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna be depressed when you're getting better every day. Even though you're gonna get knocked down, you'll be knocked down to your knees. There are gonna be times you got negative balance in your bank account. You're going to be happy because you know you're getting better. You know you're going through those struggles and you know where you're going. So you know you're going to make it out. Primo, have you ever had negative in your bank account? Shit, I did about a month ago. Yes, sir. (laughs) I've, I've had plenty of negative in my bank account. Same here. So guys, the entrepreneur lifestyle is not about jets. It's not about vacations in fucking Bali. It's not about fucking wearing a $300 fucking pair of shoes it's about the fucking grind it's about the fucking hustle it's about getting better on the fucking daily even when it's hard you keep on busting through you keep on putting in that grind so prima i want to ask you how far ahead do you plan and what do you see in your future okay so I was about to ask you the same question in a different way. So, but I'll I'll go ahead and start this one, right? So I'm going to tell you what my plans are right now at this very moment, okay? So, and then I'll tell you what they were, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, right? So coming out the Navy, let's just actually start there from the the start, okay? So So finishing your four years in the Navy? Finishing my four years in the Navy. My plan, I, I knew for a fact that, so always growing up right my my master plan is to become a barber that's my retirement plan right 
I thought I wanted to do it right away. It turns out that's not what I want to do right away. But I know that's something I will be happy with doing. So right now, that kind of moves to my retirement plan. That's what I'm going to do when I'm 40 years old. So there we go. Back, now backing up, right? So once I figure that out, right, I... So already that's... That's like over 20 years into the future. That is 20 years okay. into the future. That is 40. My retirement age. I will retire at 40. No matter no matter what. Fuck a 401k, all that shit. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be good. Trust me. Right. So um Okay, so coming out of the military, you know, they're they're feeding you into the bullshit, you know. Um it's not bullshit, but you know, it a different lifestyle. It's a, it's a different lifestyle than I was kind of looking for, right? But I tried it out. So I was trying to use what I got in the military, you know, the the business experience, right? Kind of the uh, uh, more of like a accounting duties and, and uh, you know paperwork and uh, you know small business type uh, counseling and whatnot, um, human resources and whatnot. Uh, I was trying to use that to to go get a degree and then you know get a get a job, right? And I wanted to. My goal was to start with the. Uh, a small business and grow with the business right and coming out the military that was a lot harder than I thought it was gonna be it took me about oh yes it took me about six months to to find that spot right so I was good I had savings and whatnot but that shit dwindled quick right um, I was broke up until about six months right and then I finally got, I finally found these people, right? They're, uh, they started this company called Negotiated Settlement Solutions, right? They are, uh, they were a retired couple. Um, she started this business about, now about two years ago, but at that time it was about a year old. They were running out their home and already they were pushing a million dollars in revenue, right? And um, I was their first employee that wasn't family i remember you telling me about that their their first employee ever um they uh you know they were they're about they were both 67 i believe right great people um great ambition they know what working hard is all about you know they did it um i got the job it only paid about 13 bucks an hour but it was exactly what I was looking for, right? Yes. Does, isn't that funny how it comes across your plate? Exactly. You ask for something from the universe and mm -hmm. it comes across your plate. Yeah, it took me six months, but I was determined to to find that. So what did I do? That's all I looked for on a consistent basis, right? And I didn't settle for anything less. I went broke. All my savings left. But I found what I was looking for. So I got in there. And I loved it at first, right? Just talking to them about how they started and whatnot. It was, it was a really great learning experience. It was what you needed at the time you needed it. Exactly. And um, you know, uh, circumstances, you know, caused me to leave them. You know, I, I wish I could have stayed and and had that uh, that patience. But but like Max was saying earlier, you know, it it didn't go with my plan. And I I have this uh, obsessive nature where I want to consistently grow and it's hard for me to stay stagnant for a long period of time. So if I'm not constantly working hard and, and, and you know, pursuing this growth, right, then it's not for me. And we were growing, but then she kind of put it at a standstill and I did not like that. So they, they were kind of scared. So that wasn't for me. Fear. 
exactly fear fear is not something i'm i'm about so i we had to part ways right and um but it showed me that it was possible if these people are starting their own own business you know at the age of 67 why can't i why can't i i'm 20 i was 22 at the time like i was actually yeah i was 22 at the time just turned 22 and i have my whole life ahead of me i'm young i'm ambitious i'm in the time i'm in the time of my life i'm in my prime you know and they don't have time and yet they're still doing it so that that just gave me that that uh, advantage right so we parted ways and whatnot and then um and then yeah that's how i came to the coffee idea okay so anyways back to my plan i just wanted to give you guys a little background of, of where i transitioned um that was my first initial plan right checking the box right caused me to change my future plans right now my 20-year plan i always i still plan on being a barber age of 40 i'm tired of the plan right but um I decided to go to coffee, right? Coffee is something that's been consistent in my life, right? Um, so I started this, I started the mobile coffee thing, right? My whole goal when I first had the thought was within one year time frame to have the truck ready, right? Um, that was my first goal. It hasn't even been a year yet. So I started, when I first had the idea, it was last January, right? But I knew from the basics, I still had to teach myself how to how to make this high quality coffee because it's not just from a coffee pot, you know? There's a bunch of equipment and whatnot, right? So it took me about, I'd say five, six months to teach myself how to make a quality product. And um, at that point, when I felt I was ready, I, I took action, I bought a truck. I went looking for trucks immediately. I didn't want to waste time because I knew if I got stagnant, I probably would have changed my mind because right. that, that's just how it goes, right? Like I said, I can't be stagnant. So I did that and I want the truck to be ready within a year's time frame. My year is approaching soon, right? I, I'm i actually moving a lot quicker than I expected. It's been about six, seven months and the only thing I have to do now is uh, fix my engine, which I plan on doing that this March, right? That's uh, that's my one-year plan, and I will be meeting my one-year plan, right? My five-year plan. So here's my five-year plan, right? So by next year, June, I plan to have my second coffee truck. So I want a second coffee truck running and two employees basically running that truck, right? And then by my fifth year, I plan to have a substantial coffee shop. I plan to have a brick and mortar coffee shop, but not just uh, your old run of the mill coffee shop, right? Not your Starbucks, not your Dutch Bros. I want this to be my home base. I want to put a lot of work into it. So a lot of people that are, uh, that are doing these coffee shop businesses, they're doing it for the money, right? And there's good money in it, right? But that's not why I'm trying to do it. I want, I want something that's gonna be long term, not the not the quick fix. So that's why instead of making it my three year plan, which is very feasible to get a coffee shop within three years, right? I made it my five year plan because I want to make sure that my place is unique and stands out from every other place. Because my my point of view is if you take the time to to put your own character into it, 
into into anything you know people are gonna appreciate it more and it's gonna it's gonna last longer right if you just get your quick fix that's all it is, is a quick fix it's not it's not gonna last long right 10-year plan right here's my 10-year plan right 10 years it's it's adjustable right anything after my five-year plan i feel you have to be able to adapt absolutely you have you don't know who you're going to be in 10 years exactly you don't know who you're going to be who you're going to meet what opportunities are going to come available to you you know what i mean what if some crazy off the wall what if fucking i win the lottery (laughs) i don't even play the lottery what if I? What if Same. I? What if I do? You know right. what I mean? What if I inherit? You got one ticket. And yeah. You win. What if I inherit a million dollars? Obviously, my plans are might change a little bit. You know what I mean? You never know. You never know. But it's nice to have an outlook or a direction, because if you don't have something to work for, then you ain't gonna be working. Exactly. Exactly. And and here's a, a little bit off topic, but kind of. You know, stay, staying in the same lane, Kendrick, is my, my perspective, everything is a, a, a checklist, right? These... Uh, get shit done. Exactly. Means. Exactly. Get shit done. If you, if you keep working towards a common goal, right? If you work at something consistently, just one thing, at some point, it's going to turn out the way you want it. There's only so many times you can fail, right? And that's what people don't understand. A lot of the times they give up instantly. But if you just keep at something consistently, you're going to run out of things. To, like, for instance, let's say you're taking a 20-question test, right? And you have, there are multiple choice and there's four answers, right? So let's say you try every single answer for all 20 questions. Yes, you might get fucking 1,000 problems wrong. But by the end, it's, they're all going to be right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I feel like that's how uh, that's how life works. The same principle. You have to fail a few times. Exactly. And eventually, you're going to find the right path. That's it. So so just to recap, you have a one-year plan. You have a five-year plan. You have a 10-year plan. You have a 20-year plan. And they're always adjustable. Always. Mm-hmm. If you're listening right now, and you've never thought about where you want to be next year, start thinking about that now. Start thinking to yourself right now, in 2020, February of 2020, what do I want my life to look like? And just start. You guys have to realize how important it is to just start. The start is the hardest part. If you want to get a train to start moving, it takes Excuse me. It takes more energy to get it going. But once you get it going, it's a lot easier to keep that. Once you've got the momentum built, you can continue it. Like I said the other day on A Hero's Journey, when I first started my podcast, it took me like three or four days of telling myself I was going to start a podcast until I actually recorded my first one. The first step is always the hardest, but then I recorded my second one, my third one, my fourth one, my fifth one, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and it's just, you don't even think about it anymore, it's easy, all you do is fucking hit play, you just hit record, you just do it, all of a sudden it's happening, you just get used to it. Alright Primo, one year plan, five year plan, ten year plan, twenty year plan, 
You're gonna die one day. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna die one day. You afraid of dying? No. Same. Absolutely not. I'm excited to die. Exactly. I want to know what comes next. <laughs> right? You know? Some people are so afraid. They're afraid to die. They're afraid to lose. They're afraid to fail. I just want to know what happens when this thing when this thing comes. When the big man calls my name, okay, what what, what happens next? Mm-hmm. As long as I gave 100% while I was here, what do I have to fear? Exactly. You know? That's one thing I was thinking about this morning is every day I wake up and I give it everything I got. Mm-hmm. Everything I got. So I know I'm not going to have any regrets. Um, there is, I don't know what the correct word here is, not dilemma, but there's there's something going on in the world where people are okay with not doing shit. It's crazy. People are okay with just like living day to day. People are okay with just getting by. And that's fine. If that's you, I totally get it. That's fine. But then there's people like me and you who they want to get after it. They want to go out and change people's lives. They want to change their own lives. And those are people we're trying to reach out to right now. If you're an entrepreneur or if you're not an entrepreneur yet, if you're not an entrepreneur yet, sorry, but you think that you have what it takes, start reaching out to people, whether it's me or whether it's Primo or whether it's one of your friends who started doing something that they chase, just start communicating with people who are similar to you. Primo, me and you grew up in a neighborhood where we're like you know, there's a lot of families that are from other places. They're just trying to make a living. Not a lot of vision in our neighborhood. Yeah. But for some reason, we got it. Exactly. And for some reason, I was meant to meet you at the age of five, six years old. Because look, mm-hmm. here we are at 23, still still having a beer, recording a podcast. Yeah. And we're going to make it out alive. So for those of you listening right now, just start figuring out what you want to do. Just start thinking to yourself, where do I want to go? And just start thinking to yourself, do I have what it takes? Because once you make the decision that your answer is yes, you won't make it. All right, Primo, closing thoughts. All right. It, just to touch on what Max was saying, right? Take, take action and start it now, right? Like he said, we need both types of people in, in this world, right? So... We need the working man, right? The the standard people to go to college, you know, to to hold down the, the nine to five, the nine to five jobs. Those are absolutely important because that's what makes the world go around, right? And that's what keeps it churning. But at the same time, on the on the other note, right? You got to have the you know the Thomas Edison's of the world, you know the, uh, the Elon Musk, the Elon Musk, the the people that that. Uh, because the world has to evolve regardless if we if we don't adapt we're we're not going to make it so in order for us to to advance we need both types of people so that's why we are reaching out to those people that are are willing to uh, you know take this entrepreneurship role in the world because these are the people that are going to change things right for the better so like you said, take action and don't be afraid to reach out for help because there, although there are a bunch of people that are out there just for the money and whatnot, there are plenty of people like me and Max that are willing to help, to talk about ideas, to help, to help juggle them and, and turn them into reality, you know, because it's, it's not that far apart, right? It All it takes is 
you know, the first step. As soon as you take the first step, the ball starts rolling. So please reach out to us. We're, we're here to help. I get reached out on the daily. So let's, let's get this shit going. And to close it out, just find what you love. Start trying new things. Once you find what you love, start replacing the time that you're doing other things. Start replacing that time with what you love. Get better at it every single day. Thanks for listening to Things Twice. Showtime. Out. Out.